Hello and welcome to this edition of Numa Podcast. Our reading today is taken from the book of Revelation chapter 2 verse 1 to 5 and chapter 3 verse 14 to 19. In Ephesus, write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them uh, false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. And yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent, and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And then in chapter 3, verse 14, we read these words. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither halt, hot, nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich, and I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so that you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so that you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes, so that you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline, and so be earnest, repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Trust the Lord to bless his word. Thank you very much. Let's bow down our head and pray. Eternal rock of our salvation, we thank you this morning for this time again. Thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, I pray this morning as we hear your word today, may may we hearken to the words that will come this morning from your voice. Father God, use me, O Lord, as your servant. Use me as an instrument this morning. And I pray that you will illuminate the understanding of the hearers today. Thank you, Father because I know you always hear when we pray. We bless you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. This morning, I want to share with us what I think is God's heart today for the church today. Not just the church, the heathen church, but the church world over and the church in Britain, the church in the West, the church around the world. In this day and time, the church, especially in the West, have come to a place where they need to stand and to look at what where they are coming from and where they are going you know i use the example of sat nav most of us now these days we use sat satellite navigation and sometimes you get lost by using it because it takes you to the wrong way it, did, it happened to us last week when we went to um, bansley for the half yearly meeting um, because sat nav is not a human brain so it can mislead you but before the advent of sat nav we use the, the map so we spread the map and find our way. And most of the time you don't get lost when you use the, uh, the paper map. So today I will be talking to us briefly on the topic, the church spiritual map. And what do I mean by that? You know what spiritual means. That's mean without the body. And map is um, shapes or position. This morning we'll be looking at the character, shape and position of the church 
as a living body of Christ on earth. And uh, the, we're going to look at two churches in Asia Minor, and that is the church of the Ephesian church and the Laodicean church. These two churches, they have one thing in common. Uh, they, they are good church. Everything happened there. The people are, uh, I mean, they come to church. They do all the good things. But when, when God was speaking to them, he tried to point out to them that, look, you've done all of this. That's okay. But there are things missing from your life. And that's why I titled the message, The Spiritual Map. Most of the time, when we come to a, a point where we should stand and ask God, God, what's the next move? What should we do? Where should we go from here? We keep going. We keep moving on our own because we think nothing is wrong. But the church today in the world have disappointed. God. God is disappointed. We'll fail God, including myself. We'll fail God. We have not done what we should do. It is one thing to come to church in the morning looking very nice and all that, but what is the heart of God? What is God saying concerning your life? What is God saying concerning where you are? Are you in the right place? Are you doing the right thing? So these two churches they were in that position. The church at Ephesus was doing everything right, except that they had lost their first love. They were working hard, laboring, and keeping separate from evil. They were not even committing sin. And being patient and honest with everyone, even though they were doing the right things, they had lost their first love. The motivation, the things that brought them close to God in the first place. Yesterday, when we went into the old church building, I'm sure those who know the building, those who have emotional attachment know how it used to be packed full. They know what happened there, how people troop into the church at some point. But today is a shadow of his own self. It has become a monument and even a burden. But it shouldn't have been that way. What has gone wrong? Where did we lost it? That is a question. It's true. The church in Ephesus was doing all it can, but something was missing, the first love. When was the last time you spoke to somebody about Jesus Christ? When was the last time you took someone serious and prayed about their problem? Think about those things. When was the last time you had real passion? I remember when I first became a Christian, because I wasn't born a Christian, I was born in the bathroom, I had no opportunity to be born in the church like many of you here. No connection with church. But at some point in 1987, when the Lord touched me, my life and I gave my life to Jesus Christ I decided I will worship the Lord I had passion I was pre I was praying for my sisters for God to touch them so that they can turn their life to God but why am I saying this is a passion is it's a conviction that we want God to do something for our family thank God for those of you who all your family members know God and love God It's a blessing to have a family like that when was the last time that you really had a passion for your children. If you're sitting here today and none of your child is a Christian, then you do need to go back again to your first love. That's what God is talking about to us today. On the other hand, the church at Laodicea was a lukewarm church. They were doing things for God, but they weren't hot or cold. They were sort of just there doing what they had to do. There are people who come to church just because they have to come. And today, Many churches um, in this country, because I've, I've been here to Wales, I live in Scotland, I've been, I used to be in Cliff College, I've been all over the place, so I, I know what I'm talking about. Many people today are lukewarm. They just go to church because they have to go. They think it's a club, and sometimes they take church like a bingo house. The church is not a bingo club, it's a body of Christ. 
I'm not saying you don't know this, don't get me wrong, but what I'm trying to drive out today is that what has happened to us today have happened before in time past. And that's why I choose um, these two churches to, to talk to you about. These two churches, uh, especially the Laodicean one, was a lukewarm church. They were not hot, they were not cold, they were not growing, they were not dying, they were just stagnant. And God detests lukewarm. You are either hot or you're cold. You are either a Christian or you're not. And I'm, let me chip in here. Um, Sometimes people say, I'm a born-again Christian. Now, I used to say from my study of the Bible, there's nothing like born-again Christian. It's either you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. You can't be a Christian without being born again. So either you're a Christian or you're not. There's no two way about that. The, the, the issue here this morning is that God wants us to be somewhere. If you're down, then you know you're down. And you pray to God and he'll answer you. He'll help you. If you're up, then you know you're up. Then you have to do what those who are up do these two churches having done everything nice building nice people and all that god was not satisfied with them and he said i detest lukewarm so they were just coming to church doing the job here and there but god wasn't the center point of their lives it's possible to put on religious garment and still not be a christian and for those who were born in a christian home it's possible to continue to live in that shadow yet without experiencing the real power of the saving power of God. The only thing that can turn our nation, I mean the Great Britain around, is the power of God. I am not saying that Britain is going to be a Christian nation, in quote, but the people Bible say, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, he said, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. God have not forgotten the labor of this great nation. People from here, I'm sure maybe from this church in time past, went to many parts of the world to preach the gospel to people. But what has happened to this nation? We need to come back, retrace our, 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 our path back to God. It is important that if there's going to be a future for the church in this country, we need to retrace our step back to where we have lost it. That singular scripture I just quoted, if my people, if God's people, if the heathen church who are called by God's name will humble themselves and pray, he said he will hear from heaven and heal the land. Are you happy with what you're seeing in this country today? Are you happy with the situation? Just two weeks ago, um, a, Scottish, a young Scottish man that I was trying to bring to the Lord, he wanted to commit suicide. Four of his friends have already committed suicide. And he took knife and started cutting himself. And after that, he came to me at nine o'clock in the night and said, look, I cut myself. I said, but why do you do that? And he said, just too many problems. What is your problem? You're not working, but government is paying your house rent, everything for you, and you want to commit suicide? What are we gonna leave behind? What have we done that our children, our people, have decided to turn their back against God? The only answer is to go back to your spiritual map. And this map cannot be seen with naked eyes. It's something that you need to be in the spirit to understand. Well, you sit here this morning and say, well, I've tried my best. I go out all the time, share, share leaflet through people's door and all that. But it's not just enough. I'm sure we want to see people flock into this place. I'm sure we want to see people come here to worship God as they used to, be, to do. Both Ephesus and Laodicea were doing 
things for God. And from the outward appearance seems to be quality church. But God saw it from a different perspective. How do you see your church today? And if you think everything is okay, think about what God is thinking concerning the church. Is he happy with the situation? I wish God can just speak through the ceiling and say, I'm not happy. But his word is speaking to us today. And the only way you can change things is to be provoked. If you get provoked, then you do something. Sometimes we sing songs. The songs are very good, but we don't do what the songs say we should do. Last week I was reading about John Wesley, the motivations, how he rode on horseback from the north of this country to the bottom. Church history will not be complete in this world without the mention of John Wesley. One man turned the whole world downside up. But he was an ordinary man with passion, an ordinary man doing extraordinary things. He was a great man, a great Englishman who loved the Lord, who was moved by the passion. Mary Slessor from Dundee in Scotland, she lived, walked and died in my country. And that is why I don't feel bad that an African have come to your country. You first came to our country and now we're back to help you, to assist you in your work. Not to show you new tricks, but to assist you. Most of these missionaries, they died, but what was their motivating factor? Passion for Christ. In 1 Samuel, um, it says, 1 Samuel 16, 17b, it says, For the Lord seeth not, in that's King James Version, I'm sorry for that, but I love it. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the out, outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God knows your heart. He knows my heart. Our outward appearance is not what God is looking for, but he's looking on the inside and he knows our actions and motivations and reason why we act the way we act. We live in, a, in, a, in an age where everyone is an actor. You see me, you put up a nice face, even though inside you don't even like me, but you do it anyway just to please me. But in the end, God is seeing you inside of you. He's seeing me. So God looks on the inside and he actually walked from the inside to come to the outside. You know, um, I was on a phone call to someone in Nigeria and he said, there are no demons in UK. I said, well, unfortunately, the demons here comes in tie and shirts. Whereas in Africa, it comes in a different form. But here, demons comes in tie and suit, just like I'm dressed. And because it comes in suit and tie, you don't know that it's a demon. So God sees inside and walk from, also walk from the outside. I mean, from the inside to the outside. James 4, 7, knowing what we are supposed to be doing and not doing it, it's a sin. That is why when you hear the gospel and you know this is what God is talking about and you're not doing it, you're committing sin. Say, well, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't fornicate, I don't lie. But you know exactly what to do and you're not doing it. That is a sin. We do need to be frank with ourselves today. Have we lost our first love? You will ask yourself that question I will ask myself. You know, before I preach to people, I always preach the same message to myself just like I'm preaching to you. Are you a lukewarm Christian? Are you a wheelbarrow Christian? So only when they push you. Come on, come on, let's praise the Lord. Come on, come on, let's pray. Let's pray. In those days when people come to church, they pray. No one tells them to pray because they had a passion. But today you'll be persuaded. So far you have a good report in the eyes of everyone. I mean, this the heathen church. I've heard so much about you. Do we know 
that we are supposed to be doing something for God and not doing it? Are we in the need of revival? Are we repulsing God by being lukewarm? We, we can do everything but not have the heart of God and God will be upset. God knows our heart as I said before. As you're sitting here God is saying to you get involved with the children work, get involved in prayer, get involved in music but you, you keep procrastinating. God doesn't like that. If you hear from God just do it. What the church need today the church world over is revival. In many parts of the world revival is already taking the ground. In this country church seems to be dying. There's something we must do as Christians and that is to ask God, consult the map again. The way to revive our true is true repentance and returning with the whole heart to God. We need to remember our starting point, this kingdom race and how our relationship was with God, how we hunger and thirst. Many people don't own Bibles anymore. They don't read Bible again. Every believer should buy a Bible because in, in it you find God's word. We love him because he first loved us. God started the, the, the love business first and we need to know that. Return back to God. We need to fall back in love with God. The one who, who loved us enough to die in our place so that we wouldn't spend eternity in hell. Most churches, if you mention the word hell, you are in trouble because nobody wants to hear about it. But the reality of Christianity is that it's, it's two places, heaven and hell. Revival is not an emotion. Revival should not be a spiritual gymnastic. Revival should be a rekindling of the fire from heaven. The fire that motivates men and women of God to move around from city to city, from town to town, from village to villages. That is what revival is. Something that dies and comes up again. And don't be afraid to look foolish. Because the things of the spirit is foolish to the carnal man, to the natural man, because they are spiritually designed. The natural man cannot understand it. There are things you do that may look stupid or foolish. My little daughter always say, it doesn't make sense, dad. I say, nothing, nothing makes sense to the generation these days. And if you want to make sense with the word of God, my friend, you will miss it completely because the word of God doesn't always make sense because sense is human, but God's word is spirit. It doesn't have to make sense to you. And I think one of the major problems we have here is that too many people are too many educated people. So when you speak, when they read the Bible, they, they analyze it, they dissect it and said, well, it doesn't make sense. But don't forget the scripture. The things of the spirit is foolish to the natural man because they are spiritually designed and the natural man can't understand it. All through the night I was reading a book on um, Protestant interpretation of the Bible. That's hermeneutics. I was looking at various school of thoughts, the Greek school of thought, the uh, Jewish school of thoughts and all that. The Greek have problem because anything that doesn't make sense to them, they won't do it. But because the Jewish people are so attached to the spiritual thing, so they, they, it makes sense to them. Well, sometimes we sing the, the hymn, I surrender, I surrender all. But what you're really saying is I surrender some, some, not all. But God wants you to surrender all to him. Some of you have maybe two or three bedrooms. There are bedrooms that you can't take people into because you don't want to surrender everything. But if Jesus were to be your visitor, please take him to all the bedrooms, even the toilet too, and the kitchen. Don't hide anything from him. There are three things 
needed to keep revival going in our lives. Bible study, prayer, obedience. Prayer is communicating with God. If we love God, then we will be talking with Him. Reading the Bible, you know the Bible study is very important. The Word of God is very important. You need it. Now we have a fast food Bible study, the one you just go through early in the morning. You haven't got time, but please make time to read the Word of God. Make time to come to Bible study because in it you know you find eternal life. Obedience. As we learn the Word of God, we must apply it. John 14, 15, we need to pray. The prayer in Psalm 119 and 8, it said, Revive me after your loving kindness. So will I keep the testimony of your mouth. As God revives our heart, we will regain our first love. We will be obedient to his word. We will be a doer of the word and not a forgetful hearer. Easy to hear, but very easy to forget as well. God wants us to begin to do the three things, pray, read your Bible, obey the scriptures and what it has to offer to us today. In those days, there used to be family Bible. How many of you seated here today still have a family Bible in your house? Thank you very much. The church is following the dictates of the system today. Instead of the word or the system following the dictates of the church. People in government are no longer prepared to acknowledge Christ in their work. We have a problem here. But you need to go back to your spiritual map. What have we done to our country? What have we done to ourselves? We need to go back to the first love. Love covers multitude of sin. It can motivate you to do what ordinary you won't do. God wants us to go beyond what we are doing right now. For us to see revival in the church, it has to begin in your life, in my life. If you don't know how to pray at home, my friend, you won't be able to pray in church. It's time to think. Pick up your map. And where is the map? The Bible. Everything you need to know is there. The Bible is absolute. In my short stay in this world, I know it is true. Because if you follow it, you will get to the destination. The problem, the major problem we have have in the West. Let me explain to you. I've been here for some times and I know it's true. Once you have NHS around, when you're sick, you won't be able to trust God to heal you. You just pick up your phone, you call the doctor, you can't come, the doctor will come to your house. That will block your spiritual horizon from trusting God for healing. When you don't have a job, you don't have a house, you talk to the government, they will provide you accommodation. So it blocks your spiritual horizon and you won't be able to trust God for a house. What am I trying to say? In a situation where you find that you don't have anywhere to go, it's between the rock and a hard place. What do you do? You just trust God. If you put your trust in God, you will not be afraid. I'm concluding. Today, the call is to revive. Today, if you hear his word, don't harden your heart. It is true you've been in a church before, before I was born. With due respect, but this is God's word for you today. Think about where you're coming from. If you go home, I will encourage you to read Revelation again. God decided to have a deal with the church. God decided to discuss with the Ephesian church and the Laodicean and the other ones. God is having the same talk with you today. You might not see me again till eternity, but please think again. Pick up your map. Go through it. If you have missed it, then turn back. If you know you're heading to the wrong direction, please, you have the opportunity this morning to turn around. In the same vein, let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for this beautiful worship service today. We pray that as we listen to your word, you will help us to assimilate them, O God, that we will be able to go out from here and hearken to your word. Father, thank you for everyone that's been here today, and we pray that your spirit will go with us as we go. Thank you again, Father, for answering us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We share the grace in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest with us now forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Numa Podcast. God bless you, and I hope you come our way again another time. Mm-hmm.